you're listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. for joining us on American RVer. We have a most excellent show for you this month. First, we travel to Alliance Coach and technician Billy Taylor shows us step-by-step how to change out an RV refrigerator for a residential unit. If you have been interested in changing out your fridge, this is a must-see. We then bring you a new feature we're starting with this show, our tech tip. This time with Mike Hawkins, service director at Alliance Coach. He's going to show us how to seal your belt molding to prevent leaks. Finally, in our Friends Across America segment, we meet Bob and Pat Gray, full-timing in a 30-foot motorhome. We're sure you'll enjoy this show. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. You've probably been reading forums and had discussions with your friends about residential refrigerators versus the refrigerator that has both propane and electric options. Well, on this show, we're going to show you how to change out that gas and electric refrigerator to a full residential refrigerator. We went to Alliance Coach and they did the whole process and now you get to see how that works. Before beginning this project, you must find a residential refrigerator that is close to the dimensions of the cut opening and space your current refrigerator occupies. Be sure to measure the width, height, and depth you have available so you can take the measurements with you as you look for that replacement refrigerator. You might also want to bring a measuring tape. Once you find a refrigerator that will fit with only minor modifications, you're ready to begin. The unit that's being installed in this Holiday Rambler Imperial coach is a Samsung RF197SS. The SS stands for Stainless Steel Finish. It's an 18 cubic foot capacity refrigerator as compared to the original one, which is only 12 cubic feet. Now this entire process took about 16 hours to complete by Alliance Coach Tech, Billy Taylor. He's done several of these installations. So let's get started. First you need to unhook all the connections to the old refrigerator. Go outside and remove the vent cover from the side of the coach. The water line, which is used to supply the ice maker and the freezer, is the first item to unhook. We will use this water line for the new refrigerator, so be careful when you unhook it. Next, the power and gas lines to the refrigerator are unhooked. This RV unit, which can operate on electricity as well as propane, is a typical refrigerator that's been installed in many of the RVs on the road since the early 2000s. You can now unplug the AC power line from the outlet at the back of the refrigerator. That line should be plugged into the non-inverter circuit. Unplug the ice maker from the inverter outlet. You must also remove the 12 volt wires that power the circuit boards for this unit. Before removing the wires, you may want to turn off your 12 volt battery disconnect switch. After removing the 12 volt wires, be sure you tape the ends with electrical tape so they don't short out. Next, to remove the gas line, you must be sure the propane tank valve is turned off. Some gas will purge from the line as you break the connection on the line going to the refrigerator, so do not have an open flame anywhere near the gas line. A couple of wrenches and a good twist and the lines will come apart. With the connections in the back removed, we went back into the coach. The screws holding the refrigerator in place around the face are removed after the cover panels are pulled off. Note, you do not have to remove the doors on this refrigerator to pull it out. 
Billy used a dolly that was built to fit in the hallway where the refrigerator is and it helped facilitate the removal of the original refrigerator. It took three techs to remove this unit and place it onto the dolly. Care must be taken to avoid scraping the walls when the fridge is pulled out. Once on the dolly, the unit can easily be moved to the front of the coach where it will be removed and the new refrigerator will be brought in. The cavity the new refrigerator will be going in now has to be modified. In this case, the shelf has to be lowered several inches so a completely new platform will be constructed. Sometimes there's enough room between the top of the refrigerator and the ceiling to allow the platform to stay in place, but this was not the case with this installation. The shelf was removed and the space was again measured. Billy explains what he will do to build a new shelf. I'm going to take that, build me one like that, thicker wood. Which is the base. The base. I have to notch these out so all my wires will go down below this notch. I've got to redo that and then I'll have to build my frame to set it on. In order to get the old refrigerator out and the new one in, the driver's window in this coach needs to be removed. To allow access to the window itself, the driver's seat and pedestal is also removed and placed out of the way inside of the coach. There's now clear access to the window and that will help with its removal. The next procedure takes two people to accomplish. The window frame is unscrewed from the inside of the coach. There are many screws, so be sure to put them in a safe place since you'll need them later when the window is put back in. Once the frame is removed, the outside person will have to score the silicone seal holding the frame into place. A plastic implement is used for this purpose so the paint and window frame are not scratched. Slowly work the window frame out and have your helper grab the window and place it in a safe place where it will not break. It's now time to prepare the new refrigerator. Remove it from the box and check for any damage before going any further. If everything is good, it's time to remove the door panels and everything associated with those panels. With this Samsung, an upper panel that houses the LED temperature readout must be removed and the wiring harness disconnected before the doors can be removed. After the upper doors are removed, the lower freezer compartment door is now addressed. First, the plastic bins are taken out. Put them in a safe place because they're used to keep the many parts that are being removed. After the bin removal, the freezer door is taken off its tracks and put safely out of the way. The hinges that hold the upper doors are removed, as is the lower panel, and they're put in the freezer baskets for safekeeping. The unit is now ready to be lifted into the coach with a forklift. The new platform has been built and is installed in place of the previous shelf. The new platform was made to move the water line back as far as possible to the back of the coach wall. The propane line has been totally removed at the T-joint located in the basement under the refrigerator. It was plugged and checked for leaks. The AC plugs have been remounted to the back wall of the cabinet facing down, so if any water enters the cover plate outside, it will not drip into the outlets. This also gives more depth to slide the new refrigerator into position. It's time the old refrigerator must leave the building. The unit is rolled to the driver's window and lifted onto the waiting forklift. As you can see, it takes several people to handle this refrigerator, which is actually heavier than the new unit. Once the unit is clear of the coach, it's lowered and moved off the forklift. The new Samsung is now carefully loaded onto the forklift and brought into the coach the same way the old one was removed. The same text carefully lifted off the forks and put it on the dolly. It's now ready to be rolled into place. One more quick look at the refrigerator opening. Notice the top vent is covered. 
all the insulation has been removed, the wires are secured, and the board at the back of the cabinet has been removed. Our techs are now ready to lift the new refrigerator into place. And with a little teamwork and elbow grease, the new refrigerator fits like a glove. Time to put all the refrigerator hardware back on, including the hinges, upper LED display and wiring harness, lower freezer door and baskets and upper doors. In order to get the upper doors on, as well as the LED panel, the refrigerator must be tilted to fasten the screws. The unit can now be put into place and aligned with the edges of the enclosure and secured. Screws are put into the base of the refrigerator to hold it in the front. More screws are put in the rear of the unit after the back plate is removed for access to the bottom panel. This is a little difficult since the space is tight, but it can and must be done. The back panel is closed up and it's time to connect the water line. Unhook the water supply line, join it to the new line from the refrigerator with a coupler, and turn on the water supply and check for leaks. If all is okay, plug the new refrigerator into the inverter outlet. This will allow the unit to run on the inverter batteries when dry camping or traveling down the road. Both the ice maker and refrigerator run on that same circuit, unlike the old unit. We're getting close to putting this project to bed, but before we do, we must seal off the outside access cover from bugs, moisture, dirt, and dust. Billy cleaned off the cover access plate with a solvent and then used a metal tape to close off the vents in the cover. A quick, easy, and effective way to seal off this panel. Replace the panel on the outside of the coach and you're done with the back of the refrigerator. Next, the refrigerator handles were mounted to the doors and tested. The handles were packed separately from the doors, so it was one less thing that had to be initially removed. Next, the lower cover plate for the mounting legs is put on, completing the refrigerator reassembly. The refrigerator was turned on and within a few hours, the temperature was already about 35 degrees in the refrigerator section and freezing in the freezer. Finally, wood trim pieces are nailed in to both sides of the front face of the opening, and then the nail holes are puttied. The lower vent cover is now installed under this Samsung. The vent cover was also cut down since the floor was lowered and it was a perfect fit. So there you have it, the finished conversion from RV refrigerator to residential refrigerator. The final piece of the puzzle is to reinstall the driver's side window and the driver's seat. You too can install your own residential refrigerator with a little planning and a few strong people to help you lug a couple of refrigerators in and out of your RV. or you can stop by Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida and leave the job to the experts. An RV service facility and dealership should put the customer first. The service writers, office staff, techs, and salespeople must be geared towards making the customer happy and coming up with solutions for any problem. This customer first attitude is found in the Southeast's best sales and service center, Alliance Coach. Customer service sets Alliance Coach apart from other dealerships. With full service bays, a customer campground and lounge, reasonable rates, and knowledgeable staff, they guarantee your satisfaction. Experience a different kind of RV service center. Experience Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. It's time for a tech tip, brought to you by Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. Hello everybody, my name is Michael Hawkins, Service Director here at Alliance Coach. Today's tech tip is going to consist of leak prevention and walking around your motorhome and seeing for voids and seals and sealants where leaks can occur. Leaks are devastating to a motorhome and staying on top of them is number one. It's paramount in keeping your motorhome happy and healthy. 
So today, as we walk around this motorhome, we're looking around the belt molding on, your, on this motorhome, and what we have found is we found some sealant that is missing in the corner of this belt molding. So I'm going to show you at home how we can apply some, some sealant, spot sealant, into this void in this sealant. So what we do is we take a plastic scraper, make sure it's clean, and we're going to get in here with a little bit of elbow grease, and we're going to dig out our sealant, the rest of the sealant where the void is. So we're going to dig it out, make a nice smooth area, get it all out of there. We're going to wipe it free. We're going to take some solvent, which we sell in our parts store. This is a Unisolve solvent. It's uh, very good at, at cleaning and prepping areas for applications like this. So we're going to spray a little bit on a rag and we're just going to really get in here and we're going to wipe it clean. Get that area good and clean. Let that dry. It's a matter of seconds. Now we're going to apply our caulking. We also sell this in our parts store in three different colors. This is a Dow Corning sealant silicone. Comes in white, black, and in clear. And in this application on this motorhome, we have a clear silicone that, that has been used to, to clean or to seal the belt moldings on the coach. So we're going to apply this little bit of silicone. I'm just going to put a small bead in there. Okay. And the little trick we use here at Alliance Coach, we take Dawn dish soap and water, we put it in a spray bottle. We use this soapy water and we'll spray it on our fingers and this will really give a good finished product when you wipe your sealant. You just want to feather that sealant into the old. Okay. Take a rag, wipe any excess that we have off. Now we have a nice clean finished product with the silicone and this is a, a couple minute procedure that can save you a lot of money in the long run. Thanks for watching this month's Tech Tip, sponsored by Alliance Coach. Welcome back to American RVer. We're here with Bob and Pat Gray and they are our guests for Friends Across America. Thank you for joining me today. So we met up in Texas and you are driving a Winnebago Vista. Is that Correct. right? How long is that coach? It's a 30 foot. And are you full-time RVers? Yes. It seems a little small for a full-time RVer. Tell me about that. Well, we've, we've been uh, full-time RVers for quite a while and we had, uh, we had been living in a fifth wheel, a large fifth wheel. And uh, we got to the place where we decided it would be easier to use a motorhome. So we, uh, we bought the motorhome and we were thinking about uh, building a house or a cabin down uh, where Atlanta, Texas in the winter. Okay. But uh, really they didn't want to give much for a, it's, it's a 10 year old, fifth wheel that we have. So we decided to uh, we cleared a lot, we put the fifth wheel on the lot and then build a large carport over it. Okay. And so that's our that's where we stay in the winter. There's your winter home. That's the winter home. Yeah, yeah. so in the summertime then you take the smaller RV so you're not in it full time but what six eight six, months of the year? Exactly yeah six, six months. Yeah. So. so before you parked that fifth wheel Tell me about your travels in that, because I understand you have an unusual story in terms of being a full-time RVer in your fifth wheel. Yeah. Well, we uh, we started full-timing back in uh, 
98. That's when we both retired. Mm -hmm. I'd been in the dairy equipment business for several years. Pat had uh, driven school bus for 28 years. Oh, you don't have any trouble driving in the RV? In four states. Oh. Okay. Uh, but then when we retired, I'd been in marketing and we put together a, a show truck package for the company that uh, I worked for. So we would haul the exhibits to the farm shows and set them oh. up and uh, we could do the farm shows and then the the people still working for the company would come and they would they would actually do the shows but we would set it up and tear down and oh wait you had the all the work one. i'm sorry they had the easy <laughs> job that was they the idea not, <laughs> they, they might not say that <laughs> so i never thought about this when you think about work camping you think about doing something that's related to the rv industry you know rv trade shows work camping at a campground going to a national park doing volunteering but there's a whole other industry out there, isn't there, of oh. trade shows and, and things where a full-time RVer might plug in. Oh, yes, yeah. In fact, uh, if I'd have been a little younger at that time, we might have uh, done something starting a company for this uh, specialized trucking because uh, it, was, it took somebody that knew the product, that would take care of the product, and uh, represent the company on the road. Right. And. Uh, there's probably a place for that. Yeah. So when you're talking dairy equipment, are you talking a big, um, you can't be hauling big tankers around, so it's milking machines and what else? Well, we sell uh, uh, milking machines, feeding equipment, oh, dairy sure. supplies, cooling, uh, computerized feeding. But uh, the, the real problem came when, uh, if you were going to put together an exhibit you ordered out a lot of parts. Boxes. Yeah, and then uh, uh, the district man would have to put them together, or there would be several of them. They'd put them together, do the show, and then tear down. Well, then they wouldn't get packed up good, and they'd come back, and we'd have to repack. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. So what we did, we put built displays that we could display the the equipment on and uh, had it uh, so that we could use a forklift. And then we carried a forklift with us, and so we could take it off the truck and, and uh, put it where we wanted. All assembled. Okay, so now what were you really driving? Because you're talking a forklift, you're talking a fifth wheel. Yeah, we, uh, we drove semi, and it was kind of a NASCAR-looking trailer, a uh, 48-foot trailer. Okay. You didn't stay in that trailer then? No, we stayed in motels. Oh, we, we didn't okay, stay that. that explains it. Because I'm thinking, here's a fifth wheel you're trying to live in and you're filled up with equipment. No. The fifth no. wheel was back in the caves. Yeah. We stored it. The three months we were on the big truck. Yeah. Okay. So, and then when we were through, we'd go back and get the fifth wheel out. And then you'd have fun. That was your fun vehicle. Yes, exactly. How yes. many years did you do that? We did that six years, yeah. And then I had some health problems, so we had to give it up then. Okay. But now you still get to enjoy the best of Texas in the summertime. And then where do you go in the winter? Where do you enjoy? Well, in the winter, our families... Winter, we Texas. Oh, yeah. winter's yes. in Texas. I <laughs> yes. said that wrong. Oh, yes. yeah, 110 <laughs> degrees in Texas. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, we don't intend to be yeah, there. Yeah, winter in Texas. Yeah. Where do you go in the summer? In the summer, we've got, uh, we've got family spread out. So uh, we've got a daughter in Kansas City area. 
we've got family in Ohio and one in northern Illinois, as well as a son in Texas. So we, uh, we usually hit all the family. And then uh, our son has a place up in uh, northern Idaho, far north Idaho. And we've got an RV spot on that. So we, we'll spend oh, two or great. three months up there. Is that the, up by Coeur d'Alene area? It's, Is that far it's north? It's way on up above Coeur d'Alene. Practically about in Montana. It's uh, about a half, half mile off of uh, out of Montana and about 15 miles out of Canada. Oh, so no kidding. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Now, area. changing from a fifth wheel to a Class A motorhome, how was that for you in terms of storage, in terms of um, switching things over? Did you find that you lost storage, gained storage? Well, we've done full time so long, we knew what we should take and how much. and. It wasn't a problem, really. I mean, mm. it, you couldn't take near as much, mm. but uh, we just figured it out. Yeah, and we, you tow a vehicle? Yes, yes. yes. So do you yes. feel like uh, it's a little easier getting around then with the Class A and the tow vehicle versus the semi and the fifth uh, wheel? I wouldn't say getting around, but uh, we can get into smaller parks now. We, our fifth wheel was 39 feet. All right. Our motorhome's 30. Mm -hmm. So we can uh, we can do that, and we can uh, we can hook and unhook much quicker. Right. As well, you know, our big entertainment is watching people with fifth wheels back into their spots. <laughs> yes. You probably <laughs> were. Yeah. Oh, he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. We gained a lot of experience. You asked about uh, storage. Two years ago, we went to camp uh, to uh, Alaska, and rather than take the fifth wheel, we bought a used. 19-foot uh, Jayco tag-along trailer. Oh, really? And we spent six months in that trailer, towed it with our Jeep, and found out that we really didn't have to have uh, 40 feet to, to oh. travel in. Because okay. we didn't spend that much time in the trailer. Right. What a great experience. Thank you for sharing that with us. Our pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll just say this. Happy trails. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. We'll see you next month. For the best RV sales and service center in the southeast, call Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida at 866-888-8941 or go to www.alliancecoach.com.